we're going to dive right in and get moving. Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover tonight. Uh, so I'm, I'm, and like I said, we're, we're, we're continuing our series today called Flip the Script. And this series is all about trading negative emotions for the truth of God's word. We, in our lives, we face different uh, negative emotions. And so what we're doing for six weeks is talking about different negative emotions that we have in our lives and how we can flip the script to a, a more positive outlook and uh, the truth of God's word. Because the negative emotions that we have in our lives, they're lies. They, they're, the source of those negative emotions is typically lies. And so tonight we're going to continue on in this series called Flip the Script. And we're going to look at a passage from the Old Testament from the book of Lamentations. Now, two weeks ago we started this series and we started talking about, on Valentine's Day, we talked about flipping the script from lust, uncontrolled lust, to unconditional love. Last week, my friend Randy Wheeler came and he preached a sermon about uh, moving from apathy to compassion. I watched the sermon. He did an excellent job. He was great and so glad that Randy came and preached for me last weekend, allowed me to get away, and he did a fantastic job. I hope that you were nice to Randy. Uh, he's a super guy. He's a great guy, and uh, we really like him around here. Um, this week, we're in the book of Lamentations, and I want to tell you a little bit about the book of Lamentations. Uh, it's an Old Testament book, and like we said, this year in 2021, we are spending most of our time in the Old Testament. It was the Bible that Jesus read. And so what we're doing this week is we're looking at a book of the, the book of Lamentations. And it may be a book with which you're not very familiar. It was written by the prophet Jeremiah. And so Jeremiah wrote this book of Lamentations. There's five chapters. It's five poems. And these poems are poems of lament. When you lament something, it means you're saddened by something. You're sorrowful over something. And what Jeremiah was saddened and sorrowful over was the destruction of Jerusalem and the carrying off of his people into exile by the Babylonians. The Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, how many of you have ever heard of Nebuchadnezzar? All right, you've heard of Nebuchadnezzar? All right, he was a famous king over the nation of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar came and his army came and they destroyed the nation of Judah, specifically the city of Jerusalem. They destroyed the city of Jerusalem and they carried off the people into exile into Babylon. And this is where we start reading about the story about like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, the three guys in the fiery furnace. We're actually going to talk about that later this year. But uh, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. He kind of had a depressive personality. He was very saddened over the destruction of his homeland and the destruction of Jerusalem. And so Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, um, what he did was he wrote this book of Lamentations, these five poems all about how sad he was that his city was destroyed. So we're in Lamentations chapter 3. We're going to look at the third poem tonight, verses 14 through 26. Um, so if you brought a Bible, I encourage you to grab your Bible and turn to, excuse me, <coughs> Lamentations chapter 3. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can use one on your phone, like Bible uh, Gateway or Version, Or better yet, we have our own app here at GFCC. Uh, you can go to your app store and search for GFCC, and you can download the app to your phone, uh, and you can follow along with the sermon notes in our app. Uh, just go, like I said, either the Google Play Store or the iTunes Store, search for GFCC, and you can download the app. And we're going to take this in a bunch of different pieces uh, from Lamentations chapter 3, this third poem by Jeremiah after the destruction of Jerusalem. We're going to start with looking at verse four, verses 14 through 16. 
Jeremiah wrote this, I became the laughingstock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. Gall is a very bitter drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. That sounds, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That sounds like a depressed person, does it not? Sounds like Jeremiah's got some depression going on there. Uh, when he says that, you know, I'm the laughing stock of all my people. I'm saddened and I'm heartbroken over what, is, what has taken place. My, my heart is broken. Uh, I, I'm eating gravel sandwiches. He's like, he's broken my teeth with gravel. It's like he's eating gravel sandwiches. He's so sad and so depressed and lamenting what is going on. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like, like nobody likes you or you felt like everything is coming against you? You feel like uh, every, everything you eat is bitter? He says he's given me bitter herbs to eat and, and I'm drinking gall, which again was a, a bitter drink. And I feel like I'm eating gravel sandwiches. My teeth are broken. And everything in me feels broken. That's how Jeremiah felt. Because of the, search, the circumstances and the situation that he found himself in. But we keep going. Verses 17 through 20. I have been deprived of peace. Anybody feel that? You feel that watching online tonight? You've been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. You feel that? I forgot what prosperity was. I'm not prospering at all. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. Everything I hoped for is gone. I remember my affliction and my wandering again the bitterness and the gall. Those bitter herbs that I've been eating. Everything tastes bitter. Everything I drink tastes bitter. The gall. I will remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. You feel that? Uh, anybody's soul downcast within them tonight? You feel like your soul is downcast? Like everything in you is just sad and dark and depressed. That's how Jeremiah felt. And it was because, like I said, his, his city was destroyed. His people were in exile, carried off by the Babylonians. Everything in his life was terrible. So what's, what's a guy to do? I mean, when everything is so bad, when everything is so hard, and everything is so difficult, what are you to do? He gives us a clue. He gives us the answer. Verse 21. Yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. And what does he call to mind? This. Because of the Lord's great what? Love. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
He says, I am going to remember this. In the midst of my depression, in the midst of my downcast soul, in the midst of my terrible circumstances, in the midst of this terrible situation, in the midst of the destruction of my people, in the midst of the destruction of my city, I will call this to mind. And therefore, I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions. Never fail. That word compassion, there's a word for mercy. His mercy never fails. Great is your faithfulness. Your mercy is new every morning. That is one of my favorite promises of Scripture. That no matter what happened yesterday, when I woke up this morning, God had brand new mercy for me. God has new mercy for you every single day. No matter what happened yesterday, no matter how you messed up yesterday, no matter how you screwed up yesterday, no matter the sins you committed yesterday, when you woke up this morning, God said, I got a brand new mercy for you. Brand new mercy just for you. His mercies are new every morning. His compassions are new every day. God, mm, God does not hold a grudge. He is not holding a grudge against you for what you did yesterday. He's not. And you may feel like he is. You may feel like, oh, I messed up so bad yesterday. I I, I messed up so bad and, and there's no way that God could possibly love me today. There's no way that God could possibly forgive me today for what I did yesterday. And I'm here to tell you that in the blood of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. In the blood of Jesus, yesterday is gone. In the blood of Jesus, today is a new day. In the blood of Jesus, his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new today. What a wonderful promise. I will call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. I want to teach you a Hebrew word. It's the word for hope. It's the word yechal. You got to say it with like you're clearing your throat. Yechal. It means, it means this. It means to hope. It means to wait and to expect. Now, that's important. See, it's not like a, a wish upon a star. It's not like rubbing a genie's lamp and hoping something happens. For you Bears fans, <laughs> I hope we win this year. When you know it's not going to happen, you <laughs> You know it's not going to happen. I mean, you can hope for it, but I mean, that's more of a wish, right? More of a wish. Hope in Jesus is real. To hope, to wait, and to expect. Hope is an expectation that what God has said is true. Hope is an expectation that what God is going to do, he will do. Yet this I call to mind, and I have hope. I expect that my sins will be forgiven. Not because of anything I've done. Not because I'm so great. Not, it's because God is so good. And God is so faithful. And God is so kind. And God is so merciful. Yet this I call to mind, and I will have hope. I will wait upon the Lord. And I have hope. And that's what he says in, in, in this last part here, verses 24 through 26. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion 
therefore I will wait for him. That God is everything I need, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose, what? Hope is in him. To the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. We sang songs earlier about the goodness of God and how good God is. God is so, so good. And he is good to those whose hope is in him. Put your hope in God. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your hope in the one who gives hope, who is our hope, who is our peace, who is the one who is merciful and kind and gracious and loving. Put your hope in God. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Put your hope in God. Now, there are some takeaways I want to share with you in the, for the balance of our time. And the first one is this. A Christian is not exempt from feelings of depression. A Christian is not exempt from feelings of depression. There will be people who will tell you, you're a Christian, you know, buck up, camper. Everything should be great in your life. Guess what? It's not. I've been a Christian. I was baptized when I was eight years old. I've been, I grew up in church my whole life. And I've been a Christian for 47 years. 47 years I've been following Jesus. I told our, we had a membership class this morning. I told them I played the baby Jesus when I was three months old. First, for the Christmas play, I was the baby Jesus when I was three months old. That's the closest I ever got to being like Jesus, by the way. I got a long way to go still. But I want you to know that in my life, 47 years of living, not everything has gone my way. And if everything has gone your way, I want your life. But I know not everything has gone my way. And there have been times in my life when I have faced feelings of depression. In fact, I've told you guys this before. I haven't talked about it in a long time. But 20 years ago or so, about 19 years ago, I was diagnosed with a mental illness. I, I remember I was sitting in an intersection in Minnesota. And my life was in shambles. We were living far from home, from, from where I grew up from our families. We had the stress of moving, stress of new jobs, stress of financial difficulties, stress of being far from family. And I remember sitting at this intersection, I believe it was US 10 was going by, traffic was going by about 45 miles an hour, and I'm sitting at the stop sign. And I had this thought. If I just pull out in front of the next car, this will all be over. If I just pull out in front of the next car, it'll all be over. And I went, whoa, I got to talk to somebody. I didn't pull out in front of the next car. It would have ruined two days. It would have ruined their day and their family's day and probably my family's day. I say probably because I'm not 100% certain, but I'm pretty sure. I drove home and talked to my wife and said, I got to go talk to the doctor. And I did. And we discovered through trial and error and talking that I was diagnosed with a mental illness. I was diagnosed bipolar. 
And I started on a medicine routine that through trial and error, I found the right mix for me. And it does a pretty good job of keeping me sane. <laughs> Talk to me for a while and you'll, you'll question that. But I, uh, I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with it. If, if you have issues with mental illness, don't fight that battle on your own. Come talk to me. I know. I've been there and done that. I got the t-shirt. I'd be glad to talk with you and help you through it. It's hard. Mental illness is hard, whether it's depression, bipolar disorder, whatever your flavor is. Here's what I tell folks. If you, if you fall out of a tree and break your arm, what are you doing in the tree, first of all? But second of all, if you fall out of a tree and break your arm, what do you do? You go to the doctor, right? Because your arm's broken. Well, if your mind is broken, go to the doctor. Like, go talk to somebody about that. There's stuff. God has allowed and enabled doctors and, and scientists and medical people to, to have the wisdom to know how to treat the things going on up here. And so go talk to your doctor. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Your family will be glad you did. You don't have to deal with it on your own. And so that's my plea to you tonight. Whether you're watching online or you're here and you're dealing with a mental illness, don't fight it on your own. Get the help you need. I will help you the best I can. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. But I am a fellow sufferer, struggler with mental illness. And I'd be glad to help you any way I can. But just because you're a Christian doesn't mean your life is going to be rosy. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to face circumstances and situations that cause you to have feelings of depression. It's okay. It's okay. It will get better. If you, if you want to flip the script to hope, you have to wait upon the Lord. You have to wait upon the Lord. That hope word, to, to hope, to wait, to expect, yachal. You have to wait sometimes for God to bring the hope. Now, if you're dealing with, with suicidal thoughts and, and mental illness and stuff like that, don't wait to go talk to somebody. But you may have to wait for God to fill your heart with hope. But it's coming, I promise you. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 31, the prophet Isaiah said, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait for the Lord and let him renew your strength. Wait for the Lord and let him renew your heart. Wait for the Lord and let him renew your mind. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon God and let him renew your strength. Remember this. Here's another takeaway for you. God's mercies and faithfulness are the source of your hope. God's mercies and faithfulness are the source of your hope. That God is merciful. Like I said, yesterday is gone, today is a new day, and every day you wake up, his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every day. Every day there's new mercy. mercy a very simple definition of mercy is not getting what you really deserve. Like we're, we're all sinners, right? We're all, everybody, we're all in the sin club, we're all in the same boat of sin, we're just rowing with different oars, like I like to say. We all got a different oar. And we're rowing with that oar. And we're all sinners. We do all the sinning. God does all the forgiving. 
And Jesus went to the cross and he died for your sins and mine. He died to forgive us of our sins. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ by believing in him and turning away from sin and repentance, confessing your faith, acknowledging your faith and getting baptized, God's going to wash away all your sins. And he's going to pour out his grace and his mercy and his love on you. And he's going to wipe away all your sins. He's going to forgive the past. All your sins, past, present, and future are gone, washed away in the blood of Jesus. And you will have hope like you've never, ever known. Hope of not, things may not ever get any better in this life, but hope for what is to come. That hope of eternal life with God. God loves you and he wants to spend forever with you, with every single one of you. Even you people online, God loves you too. And he wants to spend forever with you. Now when it comes to hope, hoping and waiting go hand in hand. I will call this to mind and yet I have and I will have hope. I will wait upon the Lord and let him renew my, renew my strength. Hoping and waiting go hand in hand. You got to hope and you got to wait. Wait upon the Lord. And hoping and waiting are best done in stillness and in silence. Because sometimes what we'll do is we'll do this. Okay, God, you want me to wait? I'll wait. And we become active waiters. It's like, I got to go out and I got to do this, I got to do that. We start making our plans. We start making our, our, our situation. Okay, I got to, I, okay, God, yeah, I know I got to wait, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to go do something about it. We, we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we're like, you know, when the tough, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I got to get going. Nope. This word yachal, this, this idea of waiting means to wait in stillness and in silence to Wait for God to move. There's a great story. One of Brandon's favorite stories from the Old Testament. When the children of Israel have left Egypt and they're standing at the Red Sea. There's no way through the sea. And Pharaoh's army is bearing down on them from behind. And what does Moses tell the people? The people start freaking out. They are freaking out. What are we going to do? You brought us out in the desert to die, Moses. We're, we are sunk. Moses tells the people, the Lord, your God, will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord, your God, will fight for you. You need only to be still. My friends, whatever you're facing, whatever situation you're going through, whatever your circumstance, be still. Wait upon the Lord. Let him fill you with hope. Let him flip the script from depression to hope. You know, when I think about it, I think about the disciples in Jesus when Jesus was crucified. The disciples scatter. Like little kids, like scared little kids, they just scatter. How must they have been feeling on Friday when they watched their friend and their Lord die, like crucified? All their dreams and all their hopes were dashed. Now what? They must have been asking themselves. Now what? Jesus is gone. Jesus is weird. 
What do we do? Depression is found on Friday. Depression is found on Friday. That hopeless feeling that this isn't going to get any better. That negative emotion of depression is found on Friday. But Jesus didn't stay dead. No, God raised him from the dead on the third day, just like he said he would. Depression is found on Friday. Hope is born on Sunday. Hope is born on Sunday. Hope is born again on Sunday. And so you may be, you may be on Friday. In your life right now, you may feel like it is Friday, or you may feel like it is Saturday, and you just don't know what's going on. But I'm here to tell you that Sunday is on the way. Sunday is coming, and Sunday is coming soon. Wait upon the Lord, my friends. Wait upon the Lord. Let him bring that hope. It's coming. I promise. Hope is coming and if you are dealing with situations and circumstances in your life that you don't understand, if you are dealing with depression and feelings and emotions of depression, I want you to know that there is hope that is out there. And it may be that you got to go get some help for that. And, and I encourage you to do that. It may be that you need to wait on the Lord in stillness and in silence and just say, okay, God, I can't deal with this right now. And I need you to deal with it for me. I need you to take this burden I need you to take this situation. I need you to take this circumstance. And my friends, when you give a circumstance and a situation over to God, when you say, God, I need you to take this situation, I need you to take this circumstance, when you do that, you can't take it back. Like when you start to feel better, you can't say, okay, God, I got this now. No, when you let it go, when you let it go, when you have a frozen moment and you let it go, you give it over to God and say, God, I can't deal with this. I need you to deal with it all the way. And I'm not taking it back. I'm not going to do it myself because I can't. That's how you flip the script. That's how God flips the script. When you give it over to him and you say, God, take this from me. Take this burden. Take this situation. Take this circumstance. I can't deal with it. I can't do it on my own. I need your help. I need your power. I need your mercy. I need your strength. I need your hope. And I'll give it to you. Wait upon the Lord in stillness and in silence, for his mercies are new. How often? Every morning. Every morning. So my prayer for you tonight is that when you wake up tomorrow morning, that script will be flipped just a little bit more. And those feelings and those emotions of depression will begin to be replaced by hope.